Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Today is VBPH Sunday, where we feature a message that was recently preached from the pulpit of our church here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You'll hear from Pastor Adam Dragoon and any other visiting preachers who have come through our church. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good to be in church with you once again. How many can say amen? House of God on a Saturday night. Praise God. Amen. If you have your Bible tonight, the book of Proverbs chapter 22. And if you have your spot this evening, you can say amen. I do want to read one portion of scripture, Proverbs chapter 22. And it's verse 28. The Bible says, remove not the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Let me repeat that. Remove not the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we come before you once again, God, by the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, God, even tonight, God, we come against every resistance. We come against every hindrance that would try to come against your word. By the precious blood of the Lamb, God, we pray. As David has spoke, O God, search us, O God. Father, that tonight we may leave different than how we walked in through the doors, God. We pray that not only you would challenge us, God, but that you would stir, that you would even convict our hearts, O God, that we may leave different tonight how we walked in through the doors. And once again, God, we thank you for all that you've done this day. And thus far, God, and we are careful again to give you all of the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. I want to preach a sermon tonight I've entitled Ancient Landmarks. To think the last two years between 2020 And 2021, what has captured, no doubt, the attention of many Americans, plus also our attention probably in this place, was the removal of over 100 monuments throughout the United States. Again, we're not here to speak politics because we serve a God that is higher than that. Can you say amen? Monuments, no doubt, that have brought into a city Probably a reference point, even a landmark, where folks would no doubt travel uh, into a place or even a location of town. Uh, And there's a reference point, whether it was a statue, uh, whether it was one to do with history or not. uh, But yet these, uh, no doubt, in the last two years have been removed. To think... uh, of what we are seeing happen throughout the United States uh, and even throughout the world uh, as we speak uh, is going to impact the next generation. Can you say amen? Historians and so-called pollers uh, 
had made a few statements, and one of the statements they made just recently, they said, let us engage in a new period of history and time. Speaking about these monuments, and what they're basically saying is out with the old and in with the new. The Webster's Dictionary speaks of a landmark It's an object or a feature of landscape or a town that is easily seen, recognized from a distance, especially one that enables one to establish their location. The Bible dictionary speaks about landmark. It says an object or a stone as a post that's used to mark the boundary of a field. In Bible times, to remove one's landmark was prohibited. It was given to the first planters of Canaan. It spoke about distributions of field and land. It separated tribes. In other words, this was something, amen, that God has placed in a certain city, a certain town, a certain people. And it was there for a reason to remove those landmarks. It began to unleash all sorts of chaos. And in the Bible, it unleashed a curse. Deuteronomy 19, the Bible shows us in verse 14, you shall not remove your neighbor's landmarks, which they of old times have set in an inheritance, which you shall inherit the land that the Lord God gives to you to possess. In other words, it was more than a people that were just bickering or complaining. It was more than just tribes that were fighting against one another. But something happened. There was a curse that was unleashed, amen, when these landmarks that God had put from the ancient of days were being removed. Deuteronomy 27, verse 17, the Bible says, Cursed be he that removes the neighbor's landmark. My father and my grandparents had land in Mexico. In the late 1990s, when my dad was alive, he was to travel into Mexico to try to bring some bickering over land to a place where these families that we have left in Mexico, amen, could get along. The land and the plot actually belonged to my grandfather. My father has built a house there. It was a small ranch with animals. And so my dad came from Mexico back in the late 1960s, started a brand new life in the United States, landed in Arizona, traveled into Los Angeles, and that's where he set up camp. But in the 1990s, he went back into Mexico to begin to try to settle this quarrel and argument that was going on between the family over the property. 
the problem much when the town got the blueprint and began to actually examine and measure the plot that belonged to my grandfather. It was so far off the blueprint. It was so far off of the map that they couldn't tell exactly how much plot and land belonged to my family. What had happened through the years is that I had aunts and I had cousins. The boundaries that were set there to divide property was being moved through the years. Come on. It was starting, no doubt, with one inch. Nobody's going to tell. Then it went to a foot. Then it ended up into a yard. Come on, somebody. Someone else's yard. Amen. But yet, when the city got involved and tried to bring this dispute to an end, all they can do was to take over the land. To think, amen, of this is a picture of you and I, amen, that when we get saved and we give our lives to Jesus, amen, God begins to put boundaries, amen, in place. The decisions you make as a new convert, amen. The stands to live for righteousness. Come on, somebody. And holiness, amen. And doing what is right. Those are boundaries, amen. Those are reference points. As the description says that somebody can establish their location, amen. Somebody can look at you, come on, amen, and know that you're not religious, but you're a born again, blood-bought believer. Come on, somebody, because there's something different about you, and something, amen, has been stood for, and you paid a price. How many are with me? Pastor Campbell made a statement many years back, and it's worth the reading. He said, when you move the boundary, what you're moving is dominion, spiritual authority. You're compromising that which was once fought for. Other men have sacrificed, paid a price for it, You yourself may have. So it's not just that I'm going to lower the standard or going to compromise. What you're actually doing is surrendering ground to the enemy. You're surrendering dominion and the demonic begins to advance. You know, the devil's always looking for the opportunity. Listen to what I'm saying to advance his plan in earth. Come on. And to think that when we make decisions to remove that boundary, that is exactly what you and I are doing. Think of the time, amen, when you got saved. All you wanted to do is be in the presence of God. God, amen. If you can live in church, amen. Pastor, hand over the keys. Watch those vacuums. But yet I'm going to stay at the altar in the presence of God. A boundary was being 
put forth. But if we're not careful, amen, time passes. Come on. And you think of decisions that we have made, amen. Decisions either draw us closer to the living God. Uh, or decisions can bring us further. How many are with me? Uh, decisions, amen, uh, to be uh, not only men in the things of God, uh, but with the people of God, amen. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, I thought Christians were weird. Come on. You know, the only times I've seen people so happy uh, was in the Brady Bunch. Come on. And I used to think, nah, man, this can't be true. Uh, but yet something takes place uh, in your life uh, and God begins to put those boundaries, amen. You begin to make decisions uh, and there's convictions, amen. Uh, convictions that you and I uh, need to hold dear to, amen. Uh, convictions, amen, uh, to be in prayer. Thank God. Uh, as pastor said, uh, we had a full house uh, in the prayer room uh, that tells God, uh, God, we want to see you move, amen. Uh, we are a desperate people. Uh, convictions uh, to be in devotion uh, in the word of God, amen. Uh, convictions uh, to be on the streets, uh, being a witness. Come on, uh, I had a good time, amen, at Wally World today, being able to share the good news. Come on, somebody, and tell somebody about Jesus, amen. Those are boundaries, amen. We used to say, ain't no devil, come on, gonna take that which God has established. But if we're not careful, we surrender ground. We hand it over. Oh, come on. How often do people say, oh, it's the devil. You know, it's easy to blame Satan. But if you stand back and you really, really take a look, it's not even the devil at times. It's our own decisions. You see, just as God doesn't force us, the devil can't make us. Come on, somebody. How many figured that out by now? Amen. But if we're not careful, amen, as I mentioned, time goes by and we can speak like these so-called polars out with the old and in with the new. Amen. God had put this in place for a reason and he didn't want it moved. Can you say amen? To think... That we got saved and we hated what God hated and we loved what God loved. Amen. He gave us a new heart. He took that heart and heart of stone and gave us a heart of flesh. Amen. And that heart of flesh begin to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Come on. Amen. I was in pastor's car and it doesn't shut up till I put my seatbelt on. I said, all right, I'll put my seatbelt on. I said, this is like the Holy Ghost. Uh, some people ignore it. And it keeps on going ding, 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 ding the whole time that he's driving. But if we're not careful, we do the same when it comes to our convictions. Come on. We do the same when it comes to the word of God. 
How often have I heard people use a statement, well, preacher, that was back in the young days. I'm much stronger now. Come on, amen. I'm no more. I'm much wiser. And yet, the devil captures those words, amen, and it's only a matter of time because I don't care if you've been here a week or you've been saved for 50 years, amen. We can't lower the bar. Amen. We can't allow the devil, amen, to rip off what God is trying to do. And we definitely can't hand it over. Remember the times you fought. Oh, come on, just to be heard when family members mocked you, they shunned you, and you paid a price. You felt like the outcast, but you stood your ground. Come on. I used to go visit my mother when she lived in California. And guess what? My family, they're all drinkers. Oh, come on. And as I would witness to them, they didn't want to hear what I had to say. There was even times I would just go and play some video games with my nieces and my nephews. But they understood. Amen. They weren't going to get me to drink. Amen. In their presence, they would hear the word of God. And much of the time, they scattered like cucarachas. Come on. Amen. When the light goes on, come on. Amen. People begin to run. And then time passes. And they're listening to you now. They're watching your life. They're seeing that you stand your ground. But if we're not careful, amen, as I said last night with vision, convictions in the last days is also an area that's being targeted in the believer in Christ Jesus. Satan's always looking for an opportunity. The Bible says as a roaring lion, he's waiting to pounce. It's only if you allow him. Convictions are moved. In Exodus chapter 20, the Bible gives us the Ten Commandments. These were laws. These were boundaries on what not to do. Can you say amen? But the Bible shows us amen. In Exodus chapter 32, it's Moses. He's got the Ten Commandments. We know the story. And as long as those commandments are in the presence of people, the people are doing what's right. You see, for some, it's only when you're in church you can do what's right. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, it's so hard when I leave these doors. You know, it's only as hard as you make it. Oh, come on. It's only as hard as you make it. I'll be honest to you. Uh, to serve sin is even harder. A harsh taskmaster with no mercy. Can you say amen? But to think that the Bible shows us that as long as the Ten Commandments were in the presence of the people, the people were doing what's right. But then Moses climbs up Mount Sinai. He goes up the hill. 
The word of God is not in the presence of the people. And what does the Bible say in Exodus 32, verse 6 and 7? It says the people begin to build a golden calf. They begin to eat, drink, and play. Now think about that. As soon as the presence of God in his word, amen, was out of the picture in the sense that people went back to their old ways. Oh, come on, amen. They begin to build a golden calf. That's a picture of religion. They went back to their old religion that was dead, that doesn't convict. Uh, that doesn't speak come on somebody amen why because religion you can easily fashion it according to how you're living how many ever hear people say well my god doesn't well where do you read about this god that's idolatry you're shaping god into an image according to how you want to live and to think, amen, that the scripture says that people begin to eat, drink, and play. If you study that scripture out, it speaks about perversion throughout the religious history of time. You can always link, listen to what I'm saying, idolatry to perversion. They weren't playing soccer. They weren't playing Game Boy. They weren't playing Call of Duty. They begin to get perverted. The Bible says in Exodus 32, verse 7 and 8, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go thee down for thy people, which you brought out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. You know, thank God for calling. Thank God for pastors. 
But do you know, wait, man, that it's such a great calling. Folks want to do something for God. I hope I stirred you last night. But it comes, amen, with a great responsibility. It was God who said, listen, the people you brought out. Oh, come on. Us preachers, not only are we going to give an account for the flock, we're going to give an account, amen, for our wives and our children's. Come on. We're also going to give an account for our own lives, amen. As you stand before God, each and every person is going to give an account for the lives they lived, amen, for what they did and what they didn't do, especially when it comes to concerning the word of God. And so here God speaks to the man of God. In verse 8, the Bible says, And they turn quickly aside out of the way in which I have commanded them. Oftentimes you think of people that backslide. It doesn't happen overnight. It's decision upon decision. My father's plot and land there in Mexico, it didn't happen overnight. It was decision after decision. And then you see people out the doors. Can I tell you, they backslid in their heart long before because of decisions. Can I preach tonight? Amen. You see, none of us in this place, amen, can say, well, well, not me. I've seen the greatest fall, amen. In 25 years of serving Jesus, people that would say, no, not me. Wasn't it Peter himself? Not us. But yet at the end of the story, you see what Peter did. Thank God that he came back to the flock. Thank God for repentance. But it doesn't happen overnight. Now let's bring it to the present. Think of America. How many love America? Two people love America. How many love America? Pretty wild, huh? Some of you, you've seen the news. You've heard, you read the papers. Who would have thought that we will be living in times such as today? How often do you hear men of old say, never imagined in a million years. But all that's going on didn't happen overnight. Pastor Campbell, he was doing a Sunday school several years back. And he brought out a small book. And you can see that the book was pretty old. And he opened it up and he began to read passages from that book. And what that book happened to be was actually a book from his elementary school. And what he was reading to us was actual scriptures. Come on. Far from today. You would think he was reading the Bible, which he was reading the word of God. But basically what he was saying, this is what they taught my generation in school. Back many decades ago, what would be the problem in schools was probably talking and chewing gum. How many of you ever had standards? I was one of those that would always have standards. 
You would always have to write, I will not, and, and you go on a hundred times, whatever's on the chalkboard. Today's problems, drugs, sex, and violence. Why is that? Because somewhere there's been a boundary that's been removed. Somewhere people said, we don't need God. Out with the old and in with the new. Uh, to think uh, of all that's going on around the world today. Come on. Uh, to think uh, of the lawlessness, man. Uh, what in the world are people thinking? Uh, defund the police. Come on, amen. And then when they break into your house, 911, and I'm not talking about two Mexicans. Oh, help me. But that's how the world thinks today. Right, amen, becomes wrong. And good becomes evil. And things get twisted up. And people throw out politics again. We serve a God, amen, that much greater. This is something spiritual. And it's being unleashed. Come on, amen. And as Americans and as Christians, amen, better said, we need to wake up in the hour. I don't care how many documentaries you've watched. America was founded under the Bible. There's a reason why everybody from around the world wants to come to America. We are a blessed nation. Why? Because we had values. We had morals. We had principles, a foundation, a boundary, a reference from the very beginning. You begin to move those things and it unleashes the curse. Listen to me, teenager. You need your own convictions. Come on. You can't ride off your parents' curtails. How often do I hear people say, well, my mama. Well, that's your mama. What about you? To make a stand for purity. Oh, come on. That sex out of marriage, outside of marriage, before. I'm talking about all that's going on before you get married. That's being okay under the sun. My three kids were empty nesters. But all three of them had Jesus people weddings. Listen to what I'm saying. My son. He recently had mentioned, probably within the last year, he said, Dad, you know, one thing with you is that you never compromise with me. When he said those words, it spoke a lot. Because, you know, teenagers, man, you get a little bit stubborn at times. Sometimes rebellious. Come on, somebody. And all the teenagers said, Amen. Preach it, brother. But somewhere, amen, it's because we have to stand our ground. As parents, I run into people today, teenagers that don't even know about Jesus. Because somewhere there was a generation that removed the boundaries. 
and the kids and then all that comes afterwards begins to suffer because there's no reference point. There's no moral compass, if we can say it that way, that can be a beacon, amen, in the midst of darkness. And if we're not careful, amen, that's where the children, no doubt, begin to miss out. On the heritage, on the blessing, come on somebody, that God has saved you and begin to establish. But they started with boundaries. So what am I trying to say, teenager? Stay pure. Don't use the excuse about peer pressure. Begin to preach. I challenge every teenager here. Begin to preach, amen. Begin to witness. Begin to share the gospel, amen. Because that's making a stand. That's establishing, amen, a hedge. That's establishing a landmark. To think on how far off the map this country has gone. How many are with me? The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. The second part is when I look, want to look at the Bible says, but he that keeps the law happy is he. Pastor was reading probably out of 26 translations when he was taking the offering. I love 26 translation, one translation of that verse says, where there is no restraints, the people run naked. Now, that's pretty wild, amen. Now, isn't that what the folks were doing back in Exodus? There was no reference. Moses went up Mount Sinai. What's happening around the world today? It's not rocket science. For the most part, it's common sense. But laws that are being passed as being okay, this is a different era. Come on, somebody. Somewhere, those hedges continue to be removed. Can you imagine what the world would look like if Jesus tarries and your children grow up and they have children? What kind of world? It's going to be okay, amen. What kind of lifestyle? Come on, somebody. Morals thrown out the window very quick. But you see, it starts with you and I in this place. Pastor Campbell, you know, he gives us preachers a lot of thoughts. He wrote a sermon, he actually preached a sermon several years back called Standards Save Lives. And he preached out of the book of Judges on the life of Samson. How many know the life of Samson? You know, Samson from the very beginning was given boundaries. Oh, come on. Christian, that's what God does when we first get saved. It's common sense. What we don't do, amen, and what we ought not to do. But yet the world justifies it. I knew right away that if I was going to live a Christian life, I couldn't go hang out at the liquor store, amen, looking for 40 ounces of beer. Amen. 
I couldn't go out seeking the drug dealer, finding some rock cocaine. I couldn't go out with my homeboys and start shooting and jacking some people. That's common sense stuff. Amen. And I understand that it's pretty extreme in my case. But if we're not careful, amen, those are the boundaries, amen, that God begins to quickly put in place. And we, amen, begin to remove, amen. It was Samson, no doubt. God has given him a plan, amen, a miracle in itself, called to be a deliverer for the people of God, amen. But it was decision after decision, amen. And before you know it, he was so far off the map doing his own thing, and he ends up in the hands of the enemy. You know, that wasn't God's plan for him. I said, that wasn't God's plan for him. But it was Samson's decisions that got him there. And the Bible says that the enemies begin to mock and parade him. They gouge out his eyes. And then even in the story, you see the grace and the mercy of God. Amen. And God gives him another opportunity. And he takes out more Philistines than ever before, but he also loses his life. But where did this start? In those small convictions. Every time you read about Samson, it says, and then Samson saw a woman. (laughs) Come on. I mean, you ever read about him when he's in Delilah's lap? I mean, how stupid could you be? Oh, you don't love? All right, I'll tell you my secret. Duh. After a few times of folks breaking down the door and trying to take you hostage, and she says, I'm just kidding, but you don't love me. Somewhere you would think it would click. And this man would understand and say, wait, wait a minute. What am I doing? Where am I headed? What have I become? But you don't see that happen probably to the very end. You see, the Bible says these words as I bring it to a close. Proverbs 3, 3 says, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the tables or tablet of my heart. Proverbs 3, 1, the Bible says, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. What does that mean? That which God has placed inside of you needs to be held dear. There's no bargaining with it. Don't give it away. Don't cast it off. Do not take it for granted, amen. I love to see, amen, new converts, amen. If you're new in the faith, amen, 
This is where you need to be allowing God to begin to establish some boundaries, amen, in your life. Every one of us in this place, we're called to be deliverers. Whether it was aisle five in Walmart this morning, amen, somebody was saved six people gave their lives to Jesus, amen, and these folks are walking away, but guess what, you've been a reference point, amen, in their lives, and it all started because of the word of God, can you say amen, because somebody spoke to them that actually stood for something, come on, amen that spoke the word of God and the word of God was kept dear guard our heart Amen. Keep the word of God dear to you and I. And when we do that, listen, not only our children, but our children's children. Come on, somebody are going to be blessed. Why? Because now you're handing over an inheritance. Come on. You're handing over the next generation. Amen. Of Christians. We didn't have Christians. Amen. In our home, until I gave my life to Jesus, there was a curse that was broken because boundaries begin to be established. And now I see my kids and my kids' kids, amen, in the house of God. That's a blessing, amen. And it started with ancient landmarks. What you put in that coffee? My grandson was on the phone today. I was sharing with Pastor. My wife is in Florida right now visiting the grandchildren. She'll be coming in the day after I get into town. She says, your grandson wants to talk to you. He gets on the phone, and this is what he says. Hey, Papa, come on, somebody, he says. (laughs) But you know, every time he's on the phone, what he asks me? What church you in? Pastor Campbell, he only knows his mother church where my daughter's at. And he, Pastor Myers, he's only three years old. What church you in, Papa? You're preaching revival? Something's being handed down. I'm not handing down the drugs. I'm not handing down the alcohol. I'm not handing down the dysfunctional family, Amen. I'm not passing that curse. Come on, amen. But this man each day needs to wake up and pay a price. This man each day needs to say, you know what? That which God put in place 25 years. Come on, amen. There's never a time that I have the right to move it. Because when I begin to move it, my children are going to miss out. Just like the land in Mexico. You know, it's right next to Cancun. It's worth some money. White sands and beaches where everybody's trying to flock in the summer as tourists. But folks are missing out now. Proverbs 23, 23. The Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. What does that mean? There's a price to pay. 
I said there's a price to pay. It starts at day one. Don't come to a place that you're like with Samson. Hey, I'm all right now. Because it's only a matter of time that you'll end up just like Samson. When he said, hey, that church is trying to tell me how to live. Thank God for the church. No moral compass did I have before I walked into the house of God. I mean, I heard my pastor preach and speak about fornication. And I begin to think, I don't even have that word in my vocabulary. Then I begin to ask some folks, what does fornication mean, sex out of marriage? I said, whoa, I better repent, man. I know the life I live, but something was being established. And it became a reference point that we have no right as Christians Listen to what I'm saying. To remove ancient landmarks. Let's bow our heads tonight. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.